This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Just About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today on Just About Work, my colleague Tom Hodson and I will be talking about what it actually takes to feel jazzed about the work that you're doing. We'll share thoughts about the elements of an engaging work life, like a sense of purpose and tasks and activities that are satisfying and opportunities to talk and do things with people you like and respect. And we'll offer tips about how you might generate more excitement about your job. Today I want to focus on something that I really think needs to be addressed, and and it's something where I think everybody reaches it at some point, and that is they just can't stand their job. <laughs> they they yes. hate their career. Uh, we see this with young lawyers a lot, uh, but other people as well. They hate their career. They hate their job. All of a sudden, they're they're not very fond of their coworkers. Uh, their their boss is is a pain in the behind. Uh, sometimes it just seems like they're treading water or or trying to slog through mud uh, to to get to some place, and and sometimes. Maybe, you know, talking about this in the winter, sometimes it's weather affected. God knows what what triggers it, but it seems to happen in everybody's career. Uh, At least once. (laughs) Some of us more than once. The seven-year itch is a real thing on the career path. Yeah, it really is. So so, uh, instead of wallowing in it, uh, which – uh, some people like to do, and I, I've been guilty of that. Just you know, woe is me. Uh, what do you do about it? I mean, there's there got to be ways of of uh, dealing with this. Yeah, and 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 let's divide it into two branches. I think today what we're going to talk about sounds like is if you're going to stay in that job, what do you do? Um, the other branch at the why you're facing is how do you make a transition? But let's talk for a bit about uh, how you get out of that doldrums. Yeah, because not everybody can change jobs or change careers that's, for all kinds of reasons. That's right. And uh, maybe geography has has limited options. Family. Or maybe you're working toward a pension. There's still some of those around. Or there are all kinds of reasons where people – might want to stay or feel they have to stay, but they just can't bear to get out of bed on Monday morning to go to work. <laughs> right. So the, the first um, thing is you need some kind of um, tool or outline or something maybe to test yourself uh, to try to get a better diagnosis. Because what happens a lot is that you are doing pretty well. You like your job. You're kind of excited about it. It's feeling fulfilling. And time goes along and nothing much happens. And all of a sudden, you can't stand it anymore. So it's not necessarily the case that you have a horrible new boss or something awful happens. It's just it's hard to keep doing the same thing forever. 
So when I'm working with a, a client or actually in my own life, I often think about what I think of as I've called, uh, at least lately, the jazzed about work triangle. There, there's lots of research that suggests that, that human beings tend to be happy if they have three things in their life. One of them is a, a sense of purpose or meaning. Another one is they have tasks or activities that they enjoy doing, that, that um, work that gives them some kind of satisfaction. And, and, and the third thing is interaction with other people. That's a, a pretty common uh, analysis of what makes people happy in life. And my observation is that that is a pretty good summary of the factors that are going to make you happy in your job. So let's, let's talk about them a little bit. Yeah, and then maybe we can get into the to details. The, to the workplace. Well, let's call it uh, mission people and tasks. Okay. Uh, the the first thing is that you can get a lot out of a job even if you don't like the work itself very much if the job has some kind of meaning or purpose. If you're helping other people or you're working for the greater good so that the the topic is of what you're doing, the content is related to your value system. But also, the mission can be unrelated to the work itself. The mission could be you're putting your kid through college or you're building up a skill set that's going to allow you to create a better career down the road. If you have a reason, if you have a purpose, and if you can remind yourself of why, why you're doing this, that can be a way to shake yourself out of the doldrum. So one thing to do is just to get out your journal and write down why you're doing this, why you're considering staying, what's the value here, what's the best part of this job, and how it relates to your value system in life. Another thing is that people do need people. It is clear whether we're talking about longevity or we're talking about fighting depression or um, any kind of context, we all need to interact with other people. Even introverts need to have a regular interaction. And that doesn't necessarily mean close friends, although um, most of us are better off if we have a few close friends that we can absolutely rely on. It means regular interaction. It means a positive environment in which people talk to you and you look each other in the eye and you say hello. But are you talking about interaction with people on the job? Well, that's a really good question. In, in life, we need people. If your job is demanding and it takes up all your free time and you don't have a lot of other interaction with people, you're going to need to find it on the job. If you have lots of relationships and you have fulfilling um, friendships outside of work, that can take the edge off and you find you can find work less boring just if your social life elsewhere is active. If you have no uh, social network, you, you're 
in a deprived state. You're in a deprived state when you get to the office in the morning. And if you don't have positive interactions as the day goes on, it just gets worse. So you're grumpier, you're more critical, you're you're harder to get along with, and therefore your your relationships on the job can deteriorate or or, or be damaged. Yeah, you can get caught in a downward spiral. Uh, you're you're grumpy and. Um, you're looking at everything in a negative way, and so people avoid you, and then you're angry, and it can get worse and worse. So the negative— You're, you're describing me on, <laughs> on many occasions. Well, but you know that you also have many, many friends, and so by interacting with your friends on Sunday afternoon, it can make Monday better, even though it's exactly the same Monday to-do list that you would have had if you had stayed at home watching TV all day. You're going to start it in a different way. So an, another variable is, is thinking about relationships, and we can get back to that. But then just to, to go through the triangle, sure. the third one is um, the tasks. What is it that you actually do? And what it seems from research and from simple observation is that it's more fun to do tasks that challenge you to learn something new and to reach a little bit. And what can happen sometimes is people get resistant to change and they get a little bit lazy. And instead of reaching for opportunities to do something that's hard, they stay doing things that are easy. Well, there's less stress that way, but you need a little stress to get your juices flowing so that if your work is just grindingly boring, choose to learn something different. Take an online course. Volunteer for something that's not uh, in your job description. Decide to try a new way of doing something. Developing a different expertise that you could bring to the job. It doesn't have to be directly related. If you're in a community with a Latino population, learn Spanish so that you can interact with your customers better. There are lots and lots of ways to have more fun doing what you do by pushing yourself to learn something new, and and you'll get that satisfaction. And work and play are very similar in that the fun is trying something new and getting better at it, whether you're playing golf or you are finding a a new way to send out your newsletter. You've got to... um, kind of expand your horizon and reach for something different. And that can change things. Okay. So get along with people, uh, change things up a little bit, but I still hate this job. Uh, is this a uh, – it's not a quick fix, right? It, I mean, it, it's, it, it's it, it takes a, a while. It's not a quick fix. So I um, really do like – journaling. I don't like the term because it sounds too touchy-feely for a lot of our lawyer friends and uh, (laughs) other people I know. But there, again, there's research to suggest that there's something about writing things down. Interestingly, writing things down um, on paper because of the physicality of your handwriting seems to be a way to sort things out and get um, a view of what's going on. If, 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 you, if you hate everything, I suggest you 
do two things. One is write about the pain. Write about what it is you don't like. Write about all of the bad stuff because that can be a step of letting it go. Yeah. You kind of write it down. A little cathartic. Yeah. But then write about the good stuff. One of the things that happens to people on the job or in any situation is you become blind to the good stuff. Human beings have evolved so that they tend to over-focus on the negative. And, and one view of this is that this happened as a survival mechanism. Our um, ancient ancestors were not killed by tigers because they were alert to the tiger that was going to pounce on us. And it's, it's like that at the workplace. We don't focus on the good things. We're always watching for the risks. And at the end of the day, it feels like nothing but negative stuff happened because that's how we've survived at work, by anticipating the negative. But it puts us in a very bad frame of mind, and it makes us grumpy and less successful in dealing with other people. So, again, this sounds very touchy-feely, but it works. If you take out that notebook and every day write about the good things that happen, write about the positive things, or just write three words to represent three things that you were grateful for in the course of the day— you can change your way of perceiving things. If, if everything is, feels flat and dull and empty, it may be you're less happy than you would be if there were some real f- threats. It's just that you, you don't have, you're not looking at the good stuff. You're not getting any joy out of it, and you're not reaching for the challenges. So, so, so one technique you can do in writing is write about the good things. Another technique which really works is to imagine what things would be like at this job if everything went well and there was a change six months from now. Kind of envision, all right, if if this sucks, what doesn't suck? I mean, what would happen in the day? So you sort of fantasize about what you would like to have. It may be... Envisioning the positive. Yeah, and and, and think kind of broadly. It may be... Um, it's just sheer boredom, not enough variety. We'll figure out where that variety could come from. Uh, figure out what new skill set you might work toward. As soon as you can, you have an idea of what might help, and then you start to create a plan to make some of that happen, you'll start to feel better. You're likely to shift things as soon as you start working towards something different. In your book, Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO, and uh, in Chapter 32, you talk about how to love your work again. And you you have one uh, uh, numbered item in there, number three, and it says, stop complaining. Sometimes yeah, and, the best and way to cut through what red I take tape from is that with is sharp that skills. Your the one hundred percent online masters of public administration program from the Ohio University Winnipeg School of Leadership and Public Affairs is a yeah, program that can, can help you bolster your passion for public service with the expertise on to the find solutions. Things. 
and also Become the next oh, I've been communicator. Really good at that. <laughs> yeah. I human resources well, and, but, and, and you know what happens when you do that? Again, it's that downward and spiral. Actionable policy. When you are demonstrate your leadership you, you by partnering with the private sector and non-governmental organizations. And so, three not specialized only concentrations are available to help another you narrow your focus. Event, Public but leadership also and management, elicit non-profit negative management, responses from the and environmental and, and energy you know, policy. Visit what you're thinking Ohio about comes, dot comes true, and I, I think what you have to learn M-P-A. to do is envision the kind of mood, the kind of environment, the kind of interaction that you want to have today, and then act as if. It really does work. If you, if you smile, research shows that you don't just smile when you're happy. You're Sometimes you're happy because you smile. The act of smiling, the muscles in your face smiling, can trigger a different chemical response in your brain. So you get a little happier. But also, if you are... <laughs> I'm going to try that. <laughs> yes. And my staff is going to wonder <laughs> what the hell is going on. Yeah, what is he up to? Look at that grin. He That's must right. be doing something. But... but if you if you practice smiling, if you practice changing your expression, if you practice shifting your language, your mood is going to follow to some degree. But what's even more significant, if you are in a place where you interact with other people, if you smile, if you're positive, if you start noticing the words you use and you take some of the negative words out, if you take some of the complaints out, People are going to give you back that shift as well. They're going to be more positive with you. You can set a an upward spiral by by choosing to be positive. And and one of the ways you you do that is a little tricky because a lot of those complaints are inside your head, <laughs> and they are yeah, there's they are. there's this repetitive. Brain going on inside your brain, it's not really you. It's not the essential you. It's like an old tape that you created yourself. And so you wake up in the morning and your brain is saying, I don't want to go to work. This is so boring. You get to the office. This sucks. It's cold. I don't want to be out here. Um, you do a report on, oh, no, I hate this. You have these reactions that are sort of... Um, um, in your brain and kind of bring you down. If you can do a little exercise like make a note of those refrains that you hear in your brain and then try to catch them sooner and say something different, you, it's um, one way of describing this. Uh, somebody wrote a great book about the gremlin in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's as though some awful little man is sitting in the back of your head, Tom, and he's saying, this is so boring. This is so dull. <laughs> These people are stupid. And, and you can talk back to that gremlin and say, um, shut up. These people are fine, and I'm going to find a way to work with them. You can talk back to that voice in your head, or you can simply train yourself the way you train your dog with repetition by um, when you hear that phrase coming, saying, I'm going to make this a better day. And just repeat that. What you repeat in your brain, the attitude you choose to take, 
will start to feel natural if you repress all those conditioned uh, reflexes that, yeah. that, are, that are the negative voices in your brain. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Sometimes the best way to cut through red tape is with sharp skills. The 100% online Masters of Public Administration program from The Ohio University Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs is a program that can help you bolster your passion for public service with the expertise to find solutions. Become an expert communicator. Learn to manage human resources and budgets. Construct effective and actionable policy. Demonstrate your leadership by partnering with the private sector and non-governmental organizations. Three specialized concentrations are available to help you narrow your focus. Public leadership and management, nonprofit management, and environmental and energy policy. Visit ohio.edu backslash MPA. One of the things you talk about are activities, doing something that you enjoy. Now, that's hard to do on the job all the time because some people don't have a whole lot of control over what that's they do. Right. They have to do what they're told or what their job function is, and, and that's it. I'm, I'm interested in your take on the relationship of doing something in your private life that carries over to the job. Now, let me give you a, a just a, a personal e- example. Uh, I do two things. I play the piano badly, but I play the piano for myself, and I try to do it about every day. Most days, it takes me to a different place, and it's a nice buffer of cleansing the job away from me and allowing me to be a human being again. The other thing is that I draw cartoons, and I, I just uh, draw uh, for, for an hour or so, and that takes me away. Both are creative activities, but it's like that creativity in those things, both things I love to do, allows me to be more creative on the job, I do believe. That's right. So so let's say um, several things are happening. One is when you are doing something you love, and um, it can be art or you know, music or, for a lot of people, na- nature or something active like or walking in nature, cooking, or you're a good cook, that's another one. When you're doing something you love, it basically it – helps you manage your stress and actually change your body chemistry. You get rid of some of those stress-related chemicals that kind of— Those toxins. Yeah, the cortisol and all those things that have their use but can wear you out and put you in a a tense negative framework. So so just changing your body chemistry by uh, reducing the stress puts you in a more— uh, optimistic, open state of mind helps you feel better. So, so that's a great thing. But also, if you 
can get off the kind of the grim path, that slog of doing the same old things, which makes work boring and makes you not so good at it because you're, you're right. not doing anything creative. If you can step out of that and look at things in a different way, as soon as you can be more creative about your, your work, you can um, find more joy in it. Now, you're right. A lot of people don't have much control over their job. But even in, in, in jobs where you have to do what you're told, there's some room for autonomy. One of the toughest jobs in terms of not having control is being a server in a restaurant. You don't have any um, breaks when things are busy, not only your boss, but everybody's telling you what to do. You, um, um, it's, it's very tiring and sometimes unappreciated work. But you do have some choices. You can decide um, how you're going to interact with people. You can create a positive vibe with the people um, you're working with, and you can concentrate on serving them, which is a great way to kind of forget about yourself is by focusing on other people's needs. And you can also get methodical about um, how you make trips to the kitchen to take things back, how you are, how you create better processes. So you can, you can, you can do things which um, allow you to be more efficient and more creative. So when you're playing the piano and so forth, not only are you reduce, reducing your stress, you're getting your, um, your mind open. You're stimulating the creative parts of yourself. So when you come to work the next day, you're bringing a fresher perspective. You're recharged, but you're also functioning better in a more creative way, and you're more likely to come up with a new idea, and it's going after the new idea that maybe will bring you the fun and will make work interesting again. So all of this takes time. We, we talked about not being a, a pill you can take for a, a quick fix. Mm-hmm. How long do you let this go on? And and try all these things. And what if you know if you're if you've done it for a month and you go, I don't feel any better. I've done it for two months. I don't feel any better. At what point do you say, okay, I've got to make a job choice here because none of the things that that Bev taught me are are, are working right now. So so there has to be a point. Is there not when when you just decide? Eh, let me see what else I can do. Yeah, and I I think you don't go endlessly um, at all. I think you start today if you're feeling really down and you try some of these things. But there are two routes you might want to explore. One is um, sometimes you want to go to a doctor of some kind. You may be suffering from a form of depression or um, some kind of um, physical problem that um, is ruining your day. If your back hurts all day when you're sitting at your desk, you're going to right. be in a miserable mood. So, so one choice you might make if things feel awful is to get some help, get some professional help. The other thing is it doesn't hurt. There's no commitment in just thinking about a job shift. And what I've seen with, with clients, I've been approached because people are thinking, I've got to get out of here. I hate my job. I want to do something different. I don't know where to go. So they've come to a coach. And we've started talking about what they'd rather do. 
um, the kind of change they make, how do you network, how do you get new skills, how do you do all the things that you need to do to get ready for a shift. And what they have found is that in making all of those changes in preparing for the shift, first they've gotten they've had another view of their current job and they realize it's better than they thought it was. <laughs> but also the things they've done to leave are the same things they could have been doing to stay. And so oh. you can start today to do things like vary your network, learn something new, start to build a new skill set, start writing to yourself at night about what you want on a job. All of those things you can start in little tiny pieces those are the things that are going to help you shift job, but they may also be the things that help you stay where you are. There are two other things that I wanted to talk about in connection, and I don't know that we've spent a whole lot of time on it. And, and one is physicality, uh, being physically active. You talked about sitting at your desk uh, all day. Um, if I have – this varies – depending on the month, it seems. But if I have an exercise program, even if it's walking on a regular basis, I seem to view things better. Uh, is, is, is that true with most people? Absolutely. There are a whole lot of things that go on, and I'm not a doctor or a physiologist, but um, I would say I'm absolutely convinced that you have to be physically active throughout the day and in different ways in order to function. We are creatures who are meant to be moving, not sitting in one little space. So with, with my clients, um, first I urge them to get some kind of methodical fitness program. And what it is depends very much on, on your situation, where you are. But it's not enough to um, go to the gym and work out three times a week. You need to be walking. You need to be standing up. You need to be moving around. For some people, this might be a standing desk. For a lot of people, it means getting up every hour or so and going, um, walking around the hall or stepping outside. Or um, You've got to keep moving. And if you can break up your day with some kind of walk, some kind of action, that can have a tremendous impact on, on how you, you do things. I know of people who have walking meetings. Uh, in some of the big government buildings in Washington where I've done some work, you know, these buildings can be two blocks long. Yeah. They're huge. And um, it's possible to grab a couple of colleagues and say, let's talk about this and walk for half an hour around these big buildings. I just, just assumed that <laughs> when they did that that they just didn't want anybody to hear what they had to say. Well, that's part of it too. But being physically active, um, just kind of minute to minute, day to day, is is a tremendously um, important way to, to keep your energy up and to keep your attitude um, in a more positive place. All right. The last one I wanted to talk about was – and this is generational in part. And that is older workers who are reticent to learn new computer skills, new programs. Uh, they spend half the day decrying social media as a waste of time. 
yet they don't know how to do it or anything about doing it. It seems that that's a a self-defeating attitude. Absolutely. As soon as you hear yourself saying, I don't want to learn how to do that. Why should I do that? That makes no sense. As soon as you hear yourself in your head talking like a Luddite, or even worse, <laughs> talking about it at the office about in a dismissive way about things you don't understand, that's a, that's a sign to pause and change your attitude. And it, it's a little bit like smiling when you're not really happy, and maybe you'll soon feel better. Well, expressing a willingness to learn a technology, even when you don't want to. Expressing a willingness to be part of the change process, even though you find it scary. Those are really important steps. It's useful to know about things like social media and and new information technologies and new forms of data management. You don't necessarily have to do it. You have to at least be able to talk about it in a sensible, not a mocking way. But if you can learn it, there's nothing as much fun as taking something that you were intimidated by and learning it and mastering it and being able to do something creative. And as I look around at friends and clients who are, who are working um, much later in life than they expected for the sheer fun of it, not even um, for the money but because they don't want to quit, they tend to be people who are willing to learn new things, learn new technologies, even though it means looking like a beginner and feeling foolish, begging help from somebody who's younger than your kids, learning skill sets that you always thought you weren't good at. If you're able to do those kind of things, and if you develop the habit of being willing to give it a try, if you develop that habit early on, you'll have much more fun and, I think, success in just about any career. So in summary, if you got those winter blues and you're sitting at your desk hating everybody around you and hating everything that you do, there's hope. There's hope. You go back to the the triangle. Kind of think about why you're doing it, what's important, or how you can reframe the goal of what you're doing to make it more meaningful uh, for you. You know, kind of tweak your mission and get in touch with it. Look at the tasks you're doing and see, is there any way you could make them more fun, more enjoyable, different? Can you learn something new? Is there any way you can step out of your pattern? And work on your relationships, whether that means coming up with some new networking to get you into different places or working on being a more positive force uh, when you interact with the people who the job uh, brings you into contact with. Mission, people, tasks. As always, a delight to talk with you. I always learn things, and I always end up exposing my flaws. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Tom. Today on Jazzed About Work, we've been talking about ways we can all find more fun and meaning in our careers. Today's tip is that sometimes you have to make a choice to create more excitement and purpose at work. It's easy to get bogged down in frustration and boredom. But you have the option to shift that, and you can take steps to start feeling more jazzed about your career. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. 